Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 43 a podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. So it is Gemma and Makala here with you today with our very special guest, Corinne Crabtree. Hey, Corinne, thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you here. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm over here in the States relishing in my three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas it's 7 a.m. for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Early, early. Y'all just start the day and y'all are the last thing in my day. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So good. Time differences. Um, Awesome. Well, let's get started. I guess, first of all, can you tell us about you um, and your business is? (laughs) Is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, I have three businesses. Number one is like the primary one, which is the no BS weight loss program where I lost hundred pounds. And for 16 years now, I've been teaching women how to lose weight, uh, through just giving up diet trauma and all the BS diets they've done in the past. Then I have another business that started last July, which is a business membership for women who wanted to start, scale, and grow their own business, specifically online, like for coaches and stuff and course creators. And basically, if you're going to be doing online marketing, whether or not you know you have like a brick and mortar or whatever, if your presence is going to be online, it's really important. And then the third one is a new one that's coming up, which is uh, a restaurant here in Nolansville, the great Nolansville, Tennessee, which is right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. My husband and I are buying a sports bar as our hobby business, as something uh, we have a long restaurant history way back in the day. And uh, we wanted to buy it because it's our date night spot. And we could tell it's a great location. It's a great staff, but the management side, they just, they didn't know really what they were doing. They were from a food truck business and they actually have a location that suits a sports bar, which is a big divide in the restaurant world. They'd be like saying, well, I'm a coach and I'm going to, um, like I went to, let's say you go to the life coach school to get certified as a life coach and you're applying at the NBA to be a head coach. (laughs) That's about how far apart those two things can be. So we're buying that and we should be the proud owners in about three weeks of that. So that's pretty much all the business stuff that I'm kind of involved in right now. Yeah, right. That's so fun. Um, How exciting. A sports bar. So cool. Oh, yeah. We're really looking forward to it. Well, one, I love sports. Like, yeah, I never played sports because I was always overweight, but that never kept me from rooting for teams and loving teams. So anybody that knows me is like, I'm a, I'm a big Vol fan. That's a thing that that's a thing here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, so it's really exciting. Like, we've got so many good ideas and stuff for it. So I love it. Awesome. And I guess aside from well, all of your businesses together, you did touch on it a little bit, but mainly how does what you do support coaches? So in the, on the weight loss side, I have an advanced certification I do once a year. Um, So that's coming up for them where I actually teach them how to 
just go deeper in their weight loss coaching. I think a lot of coaches get certified in general life coaching. It, it might touch on weight loss a little bit, but it doesn't really get deep inside of it. So I really wanted to create something that um, that a coach could learn how to be a better coach just in the weight loss side of things. And then on the business side of the memberships, um, that I really did because I had to start and grow my own business. And I learned a lot of things that work and a lot of things that don't work. I also learned a lot of things that I, that other people need to know on how not to stand in their way and how to get through, like, how do you turn on a CEO mindset when you've never been a CEO? So both of those really support coaches, um, particularly. Awesome. So Corinne, we asked you here today um, to talk about specifically about finding your footing as a coach while building your business. Because Gemma and I work a lot with, we both went through LCS and we work a lot with coaches who are just starting out to build their business. And that's kind of what the podcast is all about as well. And we find that there's a real struggle between like continuing to grow yourself as a coach while growing your business, it seems to either be people lean towards one or lean heavily towards the other. It's yeah. Yeah. There seems to be a real disconnect. So my first question for you is how do you focus on growing as a coach while running your business? So I, you know, honestly, it's like the margin time. So I tell and I do this with my weight loss clients all the time too. I'm like, if you're showering, blowing your hair dry, taking a walk, I call it rolling you, that's your car. Use all of those moments to be honing your coaching skills. So much of like the ability that I have as a coach, like I went to the life coach school and I did it back in 2015. I think the coaches now get so much really good stuff. When we went, we sat in the Holiday Inn for eight days with Brooke Steo, and all she did was, coach the crap out of us. Like we didn't like, she would like present a little booklet that would talk about, you know, the model or the manual or whatever, but she would just sit there and coach us till we cried all day and like take notes so that she'll know how to do this one day too. So, and I loved it. I will tell you, I, I loved it. I love Brooke. I love all the things, but when I look back on it, it's like, I didn't even know what to pay attention to. Mm. Like at the time, like she was like, I, I sit there and think like, how the hell did I even go back and coach anyone? I must've, like, I look back on my early coaching. I'm like, oh my God, I sucked. <laughs> I wouldn't coach that way today. You know, if you paid me money, but people still got help. So when I came out of coach school, one of the things I started doing was listening to a lot of books. Like I had never really been a huge self-developer until then. Like I had listened to a lot of podcasts about exercise, like things I was interested in, but I didn't really read books and listen to podcasts and stuff that were channeling, filling gaps in my skills. And so, but I had to build a business and I had to make some money. Mm. So when I came out of coach school, I didn't have a lot of time to just sit and take some courses on coaching and stuff. If I was taking a course, it had to be something that I knew I could 10 X my money. Like I wanted to invest in something. And I think that is important for all coaches. Mm. Do not take a course unless you agree with yourself, you will 10 X your money. That's on you. That is not on the course. I was just talking to someone um, earlier today about how 
often coaches are looking for their break or they're looking for this thing. And we were just kind of talking about how I was like, well, you know, I was really lucky to go to the life coach school when I did whatever. And they were like, how many people were in your class? And I said, 25. And how many of them do you know are still coaching and making money? And I said, me and one other person. Mm. And it is not a break and it's not luck. It's because I came home and I got to work and I worked every day and I figured out what I didn't know and I'd go out and learn it and I'd apply it. And so that's the magic. It's like applying. So when a coach, I always like to tell them the best way you're ever going to become a coach is to just coach some people. So the best way to become a better coach is you can listen to the books and you can listen to the podcasts and it will like make sense and help fill in some knowledge. But the best way to become a good coach is learn how to market yourself so you can get some clients because becoming a good coach is repetition. Like I have just coached so much that over the years, I'm like, oh, I know this question works better than this question. When they start saying this, this is an avenue to explore. And that comes from experience. So I think when the coaches, what I see them do is they think if I just learn enough about coaching for somehow that's magically going to translate into money. Mm. No, you can be the world's most studied and best coach ever. But if you don't know how to attract a client, you're just a great coach with nobody to talk to. So it's, it's, a, it's a definite balance, but I don't want them to also not develop their skills. I think that one of the things that's helped me grow like my business is I have learned so many different things so that when I'm doing a podcast, if I'm doing a Facebook live, when I'm writing social and doing those things, I have a lot of things to pull from. Mm -hmm. My brain is constantly hearing all this, but I'm not, not working at the expense of learning how to coach. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that was, you had some real like you always have real gold, but you had some real gold in there. Like I want to take a sound bite of you saying only invest if you can 10 X your money. Cause I think yes. that's so important. We come across that a lot. So many people do this course and then that course and then the other course, but they just do them and there's no applying and, you know, getting the, the goodness out of it. Yes. Yeah. It's like the intentionality behind it. Like I, like, I think when I, whenever I've been doing this from the get, like even when I signed up for life coach school for me at that time, somebody might as well said, Hey, do you want to pay to go to Harvard? I'm like, where am I getting this money? Like, like it was yeah. just beyond me to spend. I, I didn't go to college. So it was weird to me that I was going to pay a significant amount of money to go someplace. It wasn't even a college to begin with but to learn something that nobody else was doing at the time, it just was crazy. Mm. But I, I remember talking to my husband and saying, I really want to do this. And here's how I think it's going to impact my business. I remember, and nobody taught me that it was just something that came up. And I remember telling him, if I go, I promise I'm going to make 10 X. And at the time, I know that y'all are going to vomit when you hear this, but it was only $6,000 back then. <sighs> I know, I know. But trust me, we didn't get as much as y'all. We just got yelled at for eight days and I cried <laughs> every day. <laughs> it was a lot of crying. I just literally remember the first day I'm sitting in that Holiday Inn 
And I don't even remember what happened, but she couldn't even have the whole room. Somebody else was in the other. So we could still hear what was going on in the other room. And she wanted to know, like, who wanted to get coached? I was the first one to raise my hand. And I had no idea what was fixing to happen. <laughs> I didn't know what coaching was. And I mean, we were five minutes in and I'm bawling about how my husband must not love me as much as I love him because he won't eat vegetables. That was my <laughs> whole story. <laughs> so... Just so we all know, Corinne started very humble in her thought work too. <laughs> but I remember filtering it through telling him like, I'm going to figure out how to use this to grow the business, to make the money. And so when you sign up for things, don't expect the program or the course to do the work for you. Mm. You need to be thinking about, all right, where does this fit in my business? Is this something my business needs? Not do you like it, interested in it, this would be fun, all my other coach friends are doing it, that kind of stuff. I want you to think about, does my business need this? Is learning this going to help me? And regardless of the quality of the program, will I take things out of it and make sure I make it work? Because I have taken a lot of crap programs over the years, mm -hmm. but I've made every one of them work. Like, I didn't like certain things. Some programs under delivered. They didn't say like they didn't do all the things that they said they would. That's fine. I ultimately take responsibility for it is on me to figure out how to maximize my value out of it. It's not on them. It doesn't mean that does not abdicate the responsibility of people who are putting out courses and stuff. But when you think of it that way, you'll do your due diligence more. You'll mm -hmm. be thinking about how you're going to apply it you'll know what you expect of you instead of thinking only about what you expect of them. Yeah. Awesome. Now, can we just go back a little step? Cause I should have asked you this at the beginning. How long did it take you to, for your business to really start becoming successful? Cause you said you've been going for 16 years now. So, you know, we, we like to think that we're going to be an overnight success. How long was your overnight success, Corinne? <laughs> That was one of them 10 year overnight successes. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first started, I, you know, hardly, no, well, nobody knew me. I was just on, I, I had to go find like where, if I want to help people lose weight online, I got to go find a place online where they hang out. And we didn't have social media back then. We had forums, like the dinosaur of communication. It was all <laughs> but dial up back then. So I went to the Weight Watcher message boards. Because back then, like they had, they were one of the first ones using things like that. And I would go and I would talk to people there because they were open to the public. And so I would just help them. I was like, I've lost hundred pounds and I'd answer questions. And then I slowly started realizing I was answering the same questions all the time. And it made sense to develop a blog. So I developed a blog and I would put my most popular answers on there. And then people wanted to sign up to get notified when I wrote such things. That became my first email list. Then that's when, and I did that for like six months, like just free. I didn't even know to think to ask for money. Like it was like one of those things I didn't even know to do. So like one of the things that I think that that's so different now is you kind of know if you're going to go online and offer something that it's not crazy to ask for money. <laughs> so yeah. back then it was. So I started asking for money and I was charging $20 a month for each person who wanted a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me 
through email. I was handwriting their workout plans every single week and checking their food logs every day. Wow. So unprecedented access that I did that for years. And then I decided to put them all into a group because I was like, Oh, we're all doing the same thing. And I can help more people if we all, and I, I knew that if I put everybody together, two things would happen. One, I'd be able to help them better because I was saying the same things over and over again. And I like, I, I didn't have enough hours in the day to do it. Mm. And the second thing was I knew weight loss was lonely and them being together to hear as I read this over and over again with my clients, I'm the only one that thinks this way. No one else does this but me. And I was reading that same sentence like in everybody's stuff. And I was like, I'm putting them together so that they can see they're not so fucking broken. Everybody's doing this and everybody's thinking this. So I throw them in a group and I reduce my prices to $5.95. <laughs> Did that for a while. And then in 2015, when I went to the life coach school, I think Brooke just looked at me and said, you know, like I was making about $30,000 a year and I was working my butt off and I went to the life coach school because I really wanted to teach people that mental con construct. I had been listening to her podcast and I knew that that was the missing thing that I had to quit telling my clients what to do. I had to help them have a better relationship with themselves. And that was going to be the secret sauce. And she just looked at me and said, you have a business and people like listening to you. You have to charge more money. You need to, she literally shook me and was like, you need to take this more seriously than you are. And it was the first time I'd ever heard what I should set a business goal. Like I shouldn't just take money that comes in. I should actually plan how much money I'd like to make and create a plan to get there. I'd never heard that before. That was, that's one of the things I think coaches have to understand is there's so much about starting a business that is women in particular, we're not introduced to, we're not supposed to know all this. We're not really taught a lot of these things and we're not exposed to it. We're usually exposed to what I was exposed to either go to college and get a degree in something mm. so that you can make enough money to like, my mom is always like, just make enough money so that you can pay your bills. Like to her, that was living then, or the other message my mom often told me is like, and if you can find a good man, that'll take care of yourself, take care of you even better. <laughs> that was how I grew up because she did it all by herself. And to her, that was living the dream. So I never got exposing thing. I didn't know any other women who were doing stuff like this until Brooke. And 2015, I got serious and I started setting money goals and that changed everything. It made me rethink how I was going to invest in my business, how I was going to invest in me. It made me rethink like, oh, like this membership has to change. I do need to charge more and I, I need to offer a course. Like it just leveled up all of my thinking around my business. Yeah, that's right. awesome. So that's so interesting. I had the, like the complete opposite message growing up. <laughs> That's awesome though. Like I wish, like one reason why I'm so passionate is I wish more women got the message. Like one of the things I've been doing is I've got a niece who's in college right now. And one of the most amazing things that being able to build a business has been able to do is I'm paying for her college. 
Wow. Like, I, yeah. Well, let me just remember I said go balls earlier. Yeah. There was two colleges she was trying to decide between my favorite school that I root for, which I have the bright orange nails right now to prove it because that's our colors, orange and white. And my brother's favorite college, which is our rival, like we <laughs> hate them. And I looked at her and I was like, baby, if you'll go to UT, I will pay for every ounce of it. And she's like, go balls. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to be in debt. So, but it was like one of those things where I'm like, I've been telling her, like, I know you're going to school, but you need to choose a career and choose a path that will support the lifestyle you want. Mm. Like start there because no one ever told me that. Like, don't Mm. just do what people tell you to. You think about the life you want and then you go create that and you create the income for it. It may not be the one thing that you want to do for the rest of your life, but give yourself the life you want. You know, I, I don't think enough women are hearing that. They just think like I'm, I need to be a nurse or a teacher or things like that. And there's nothing wrong with those things. And if you are passionate about them, that's great. But like my niece, I don't understand it, but she loves Gucci. She likes uh, Golden Goose. Like her taste is Kardashian. <laughs> and I'm like, you really need to figure out how you're going to make money because like, some of these careers that she was looking at, I'm like, you can't afford that lifestyle on this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. I'm all about like finding something that leads your passion. But if you really want to have that lifestyle, you all, then you need to look for a career that will give you passion that will also give you that too. Yes. Yeah, I am having that exact conversation with my daughter. She's 18 and on a gap year at the moment. And yeah. I'm going to play her this. <laughs> but I've said exactly the same thing. It's like, Don't think about, you know, the career as such. Think about what it is you want in your life and then work out how to get that, how to allow that to happen. Yeah, I think it's important. And I just don't think, I I don't think young girls get to hear that often enough. Mm, And I I just think more of them should hear it. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's really interesting because, you know, you said your, your mom did it on her own, whereas mine was the complete opposite. My mom couldn't do anything at all ever that she wanted to do, you know? Oh, wow. So that's why she pushed it on me so much, you know? Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Never rely on anyone else's money, you know? So it's it's so interesting that you get, like, those complete opposite messages from mm-hmm. two women that had complete opposite lives. Isn't that that's just, I don't know why it's just fascinating me right now, but it's so interesting. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting too. It's just, you know, we, we grow up and we literally believe everything our parents tell us. That's what we're supposed to do when we're little. Like, you you don't necessarily want like a five-year-old questioning everything their parents tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Five-year-old's reasoning is going to be so different, but it's, um, I think one of the things that I'm very passionate about is teaching young adults. Like they're like, like in your twenties, question what you learned growing up. It doesn't mean it was all bad or it was wrong. Just redecide: is this what you want to believe for your future? Just mm-hmm. because your parents believed it doesn't mean you have to. And I watch, I, I kind of got passionate about this because so many of my 50 and 60 and 70 year old clients inside my membership, they're sitting around to this day 
holding themselves to the standards that they learned when they were like 10. They never redecided for themselves what they wanted. They just kept living what they were told and they didn't like it, mm. but they didn't think they had an option. So mm. I think having those conversations for like, I love my 20 year old clients. I don't have many, you know, with me being in my forties, I don't exactly attract the younger crew anymore, but when I get some 20 year olds, I'm like, number one, I'm so proud of you for trying to lose weight this way. Mm-hmm. Most 20 year olds are still interested in, you know, 75 hard and uh, a keto and a cleanse and a CrossFit this. And I don't have anything against that stuff, but they're like, they don't think the mental side is important. I'm like, you can do all that if you want, but you still need to take care of your brain. And when I have my 20 year olds come in and they present so maturely, they really want to unwind all that. I'm like, amen. Like y'all are the ones that are going to change everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to ask, cause you, you told us a little bit about, well, not a little bit, but you explained how you, you know, built your business back a way back when, um, you know, and of course forums and blogs and all of that is very much barely a thing anymore. Right. Um, no so I'm, yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I love writing blogs and reading blogs, but are they even a thing anymore? Who knows? <laughs> No, they still work. This is the thing. Like, because I was actually watching my behavior this last week. I'm creating content for an event that we have in July for our membership. It's the No BS Excuses Weekend. And so I've been really studying why do we make excuses? Like, what flavors? Where do they come from? All this stuff. Guess what I've been reading? Online blogs and articles. I didn't watch the damn video. So they're still very effective. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anybody to think that they're not, but you know, in this day and age, we have like, we have so much more available to us to be able to get our word out faster. So go ahead. I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like I love blogs. I still love reading them and writing them, but you know, there's, there's so many other areas of, of things now. And especially if you're looking at your 20 year olds that are wanting other things, they're probably sitting on TikTok all day and you know, all of the stuff. You know, yeah. it's very different, but I'm just really curious if you were starting your business now from scratch, what would you do to make that first hundred thousand? Well, the first thing I tell everybody is tell everybody and your mother what you're doing and don't like, like, let's say you have a day job and you have a side hustle. If somebody asks what you do, you should never lead with your day job ever again. If you really want your side hustle to be your thing, you lead with that, even when it's uncomfortable and awkward and all the things I would number one, tell everyone, because I think this is really missing in the early stages of a business. You don't know, like most of us have at least enough people in our network to get the word out. The majority of you will not have your clients in your network. Now, this is important for coaches because they tend to well, I'll coach with you. And then they have like a rando topic and maybe three people will do that. And you really want to, let's say you want to be in weight loss, but three people want time management. You're switching your niche just because three people, you know, want time management. Mm -hmm. That does not mean you have a viable business. It just means Mm -hmm. you have three people willing to pay you some money to help you. So take the money and help them, but don't switch niches on that shit. But when you talk about what you do to your network, then when they're out in the world in their network, conversations always come up. They're chatting with people at Starbucks or they're talking to the people at church or just wherever they hang out, maybe at their local sports bar. If you 
have led with what you do and you're passionate about it, then when they hear someone who fits your niche, they're likely to tell them about you. Mm. So the cheapest, fastest way to start is don't take the foot off the gas of talking about it all the time. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight, but you want to always be talking about it. One, it shifts your identity that this is who you're becoming if you talk about it. And number two, you just don't know who they're going to know. So don't cut off that. The second thing I would do, other than just run my mouth constantly about what I do, is I would start a social account. It's easier to start a social account as a web page than it is to build a website. For some reason, people think they need a website. I have no problems with websites. I have one. Lots of my clients do one. But if you are tech challenged, don't go, like, this is what I always tell new people. For God's sakes, either put up something janky, but don't go hire someone to design something for you. Mm. Who you are on day one or day 301, that first year, your messaging's going to change. Your niche might change. The colors you like might change. The way you talk might, so much is going to change. And if you invested, you know, 10K in a website, it may be junk by the end of the year. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, either my first website, even my current website is pretty fucking janky to be quite honest. <laughs> we sit around and judge it all the time. We're like, we haven't rebranded in years. Like we want to do it, but I don't know. I made almost $14 million last year with a busted janky website that's out of date. So it's not the end all be all for anyone. Yep. I'd start a social account because if you start a social account, you can send people to it. You can have like, um, if they can DM you, if you don't even want to start an opt-in and all that other stuff, like that would probably be the first two things I would do. And then I would just post on that shit. I talk about myself every day. I take selfies. I wouldn't spend endless hours designing graphics and stuff like that. I just behind the scenes photos or take pictures of things in your life. And I would write about problems. I would sit and think about what are 20 things my clients bitch about? What are 20 things my clients wish would change? What keeps my clients up at night? And I would write about those and I would post them on social. And then I would go and visit other people's social accounts that talk about something similar to you. Like, um, like Mel Robbins is in my space. So, you know, like I'm in weight loss. But she's in that coaching atmosphere. Mel Robbins has bajillion followers. She posts and after about 10, and I don't even know if she's the one actually responding. I actually know Mel Robbins, very nice lady, love her to death. But I doubt she's the one who's sitting there like responding the first 10 minutes. Someone from her team is probably doing it. After 10 mm -hmm. minutes, there's hundreds of comments of people who have questions, who are wondering things. To me, social accounts... And the comments are yesterday or like 10 years ago, blogs or uh, forums. This is the forum that everybody's in now. So I'd be on there and I'd be helping people all day. If, it, when you don't have money, you got time. So I'd be on there helping them because what do people do on social? If you're interesting and you're helpful, let me punch your face to see what you're about. And as long as your account has helpful crap on there. They're probably going to follow you and then you can make offers. And in the short run, you can at least have them DM you until you can pull together an opt-in page until you can pull together a email service provider. 
I would start simple and not complicate it. That is what I would do. I would be doing more talking and putting myself out there than I would be perfecting, logoing, branding, and doing all of those things. Yeah. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm really curious if I can pick your brains. At what you said earlier, because I'm year five of my business, I think. 16, 17. Yeah. <laughs> no, six. Anyway. Six. Uh, yeah. I'm like, we were around the same time, weren't we? Yeah. 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 So, wow. So, six years, six? Goodness. It's, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I, I do the same thing. Like, other, I've been saying, um, I've been in business for 15 years and I finally counted. I was like, oh, fuck, it's been 16. <laughs> it's crazy. You can just forget. But I'm really curious because at the start, I used to not tell people what I did. Mm. Like, it was a really, I don't know. Like, what's that about? It's like, oh, I can't tell them that, that I'm doing that. Like, what? Why was I doing that? It's well, I don't know. Why do you think you were doing it? I don't know. Because you did say to make sure you like tell everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. But I remember not wanting to tell people. I, I think is there a reason why? Did you have? Can you go back and be like, I'm curious about why I didn't want to tell people? Yeah, I, I think they thought that I wasn't doing something real, like it was a fake thing, and it wasn't, you know, a real thing. And that's because. That's why we started our other podcast, Work Wife Wine Time, for the same reason that people would be like, oh, do you just sit at home all day? I'm like, sure. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I feel like I absolutely do. I sit at home all day long, change people's lives and get paid to do it. What do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you know, we can answer it any way we want. I think so. Like, I think what comes up is like what you're talking about. There's a lot of like, well, if I'm not making money, I don't really have a business yet. Mm. That's not true. You have a business like the day you name it, the mm. day you start a social account, like the day you like do anything. Now you have a business. You just aren't paid yet. That's very different than I don't get paid. So I don't have a real business. Mm. It's like every business on day one, including Amazon, didn't get paid yet. Yeah. So, and there are one of the things that um, my friend Carl Lowenthal, we talk about stuff all the time. Like we're always talking about what goes on in the minds of coaches in the early stages. One of the things is I think that in the coaching world, we don't really realize how the real business world works. And when I say real, I don't mean that we aren't real, but let's just pretend that there's a there's a valid business world out there. A lot of like venture capital things, a lot of like startups, they don't even make money for the first five to 10 years. Mm, like true. they get a lot of cash in the beginning to develop, to mm. start. They're paying a lot of people, but the business is not making money yet. The business is actually costing more than it brings in. Mm. So a lot of it's like Noom is a good example in the weight loss industry space. Noom was a venture capital backed company for weight loss. They wanted to design an app that took you on a wellness plus weight loss journey. It still hasn't turned a profit. Wow. It's all over the TV. Wow. I bet a lot of people think like, oh, Noom, that's huge in the weight loss space and stuff. I don't think like it may be different now, but I looked at it like not too long ago. My husband and I were just kind of digging around. They hadn't turned a profit yet. And yet people would call that a real business. So just because you hadn't turned a profit yet doesn't make it that you don't have a real business. So I think that has part to do with it. I think yeah. what you were saying, like, you know, 
Like, I think some people don't want to tell people because just in case I fail, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want anybody to know. Well, how the hell are you going to succeed if nobody knows what you do? <laughs> like, 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 we have to like, just be like, okay, some people may doubt me. Um, I think that's another big one that mm-hmm. comes up in weight loss too all the time. It's like, I don't want to tell anybody what I'm doing because then they'll just, they'll ask me questions. It's like, okay, great. That's kind of what you need when you're building a business is you want people to ask you questions. Just get prepared. Like what I would do is I would like, here's logical questions people might ask that would actually sell me. Here are the questions I'm afraid they'll ask. And what do I want to tell myself in the moment? And what do I want to tell them? Don't not tell people because of your fears. Face your fears and figure out a strategy for them. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah, then I'm just like, oh, if only I had thought work back when I started my business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Only we had that then. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, when I was doing mine for 10 years, I wish I had had some thought work because then I would have realized I was pricing myself based on my self-worth. Mm. That was the worst business decision I ever made. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like my self-worth oh, yeah. was in the toilet. So I charged toilet prices. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've we've been there. We've all been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh goodness! So, Corinne, we're um we're all about consistency and long long term marketing here at Freedom to Coach because Gemma is a copywriter and marketer. So it's like we push that. Um, when you were building your business, what did you do that helped you stayed consistent? Because we all know that marketing is what we did an episode recently um marketing is a marathon not a sprint you got to keep going you've got to keep it consistent so what did you do that helped you stay consistent with that when for a long time I did this for gosh probably the first three or four years I blogged every day like every day I didn't take a day off I wrote something. I didn't care. I didn't care if I just shared what I ate for the day. I didn't care if I told them like, you know, screw you. I don't feel good today. This is all I got. Like, I just made sure I showed up. I wanted to build the consistency in showing up. And I wanted to build a relationship with my audience that they could rely on me to be there. It didn't have to be mind blowing for most people when it comes to your, like your followers or your fans or the people who are going to buy from you. They, their mind doesn't have to be blown all the time. What they really love is certainty. Mm-hmm. And if they're very certain that they can count on you on your podcast and you they can count on your social or whatever it is, they build a trusting relationship with you. And then sometimes you'll blow their mind and sometimes you won't. And that's okay. Um, then I got, I decided I was going to have like a weekly newsletter. A lot of my stuff was just deciding the rhythm at which I was going to do things. Mm -hmm. And once I decided the rhythm, I didn't give myself an option to break it. It was like, no, this just has to be done in the business. It wasn't like, it would be nice if I um, emailed my people once a week. Like there was never no, it would be nice. It was always like, okay, from now on, we email them every Monday. This is just what we do. That's what I would tell myself. And I would make sure it got done above anything else. Even if I didn't feel like writing it or whatever, I got, I was just really good with when it came to my marketing about deciding what my rhythms were going to be 
And then I just made that like a non-negotiable in my, like in my job, it'd be like, if y'all going, like, if you, let's say you have a day job and you're supposed to, I don't know, get out a report every week that all of your restaurants are going to rely on. So like in the restaurant industry, a lot of times in big ones, they send out like a weekly um, food cost and different things so that, you know, the, the restaurants can see if they're going to meet their bonuses, what they need to tweak and all this other stuff. It'd be like saying like, we just didn't feel like it this week. You know, I was kind of having a bad day. Traffic was a bitch. And, you know, my self-worth's in the tank. I really need to go and do some journaling. So I'll have that to you next week. Like no one would do that. But when we are coaches, we'll sit around and be like, you know, I didn't feel like it. I didn't, I just didn't have much to say this week. Like you can't make those bullshit excuses. Like mm-hmm. you either have a job or you don't. Like, and I like to think about my business is it's like, it's my business and it's a job. And I am the boss of me and I don't want to go to my boss and say, I just didn't feel like doing it today. Or is that okay? Like it's not okay. So I think that's been like, for me, that's just, it's hard for me. Like, and I will tell y'all, there's a lot of things over the years I literally didn't want to do. I was terrified of doing it. I would, um, I had a big podcast today. I, I, I'm going to tell you, it's been years since I got nervous before doing a podcast, I probably was nervous the first 10 and then I was on a roll because I like to run my mouth. This one was going to possibly be controversial. And I ang- I outlined the shit out of it. I anguished over it. And right before it was nine, I remember looking at my clock and it was nine minutes before I was going to go live. It was the first podcast too. I decided, not only did I decide that this was controversial, (laughs) but I was like, and I should do it live in front of my whole membership. You know, that'll make it more fun. (laughs) Why I do these things, I'll never know. But I was really nervous. There was no way I was not going to show up for that just because I was scared of what people were going to think. I was worried I might say the wrong thing, get something wrong. You know, it was a harder topic for me to talk about, but I did it anyway. And I think that coaches like stop trying to be a better coach by going out and taking courses and, and I'm all for taking courses and stuff, but coach yourself. Like those moments, coaching yourself through that crap and getting to where you reliably show up will make you a way better coach than anything anybody else can say to you in a course, a video or a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so good. And I hate to start to wrap this up, but unfortunately <laughs> we are coming to that time. But before we do, um, tell us where can our listeners find you if they need you? <laughs> If y'all need me, <laughs> only if you want to 10X your investment, ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, one, if you just want to lose some weight, like you can go to nobsfreecourse.com. That's where um, a lot of people, they, they, they like that. I'm just no bullshit. Like I'm like, I'm a live wire in there just like I am anywhere else. Um, if you, if you are a coach and you are going to, you promise to God that you're going to 10X your investment. I do have an advanced weight loss certification coming up. Like (laughs) I cracked myself up. I'm like, you know, I really want to promote this, but I just got through railing for like 30 minutes on how like don't invest in shit you don't need. (laughs) So, but 
if you are going to like, if you do want to take your, uh, your weight loss coaching skills to a new level, um, we have an advanced certification coming up. It starts, um, well, the application started in April. We don't start until June. There will be like a two-day business event that's included. There is three months of business membership included. But the real crux of the program is you're going to learn the things that the diet industry or like just getting a nutritional certificate and stuff, they're not really going to teach you. We're going to talk about past diet trauma, what our clients really go through. How do you meet them where they're at? How do you dig around in that brain in a way that um, makes them feel safe? All kinds of things while also teaching them more about listening to their body and how do you tune into that and all those kind of glorious things. And then if you just want some business help, there's no bsbusinesswomen.com. I have that too. But um, I just want to say like for everybody who is listening, I really do believe that you are your best investment, but please don't, please don't invest in anything until you are like, I'm really ready for it. I, mm -hmm. I just, I, I have always made all of my money back on myself and then some like tons of some. And it's because I got in there and worked. I've also said no to lots of opportunities to take classes and courses and stuff because I knew my heart wouldn't be in it and I wouldn't do it. But I've watched so many coaches um, think that they're going to buy their way into making money. Mm. They're just not like, you're not going to buy your way into making money. The only way is the old school way. You got to show up every day. You got to follow your calendar when you don't want to. You got to try shit. Things ain't going to work. And you got to think like shit and rally anyway. Like that's literally how we make money. Yeah. And it's not sexy, but it's real. And I was going to ask you for a takeaway for our listeners, but I think you just kind of nailed it. Anything <laughs> you want to add to that? Or yeah. I personally think that was pretty damn good. I will go out on a high note because <laughs> they always say it's like, if you nailed it, don't try to like hammer one more time. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Corinne, for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, we're, it's, we're very excited to have you on. So thank you for your time and for all of your wisdom that you've shared with us. And for all our listeners, I hope you got some amazing gold nuggets from this episode and that you have a fantastic week changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.